Hey everyone, good morning. I want to welcome you once again to Toronto City Church. We are so glad that you're tuning in and joining us. Again, whether you're part of the TCC family, whether you're a guest with us, we are thankful for each one. And we are excited for the word today. We're excited to keep diving into what God is speaking to us. We are continuing Legacy 2021 series, and really it is a season. This is a time each year where we put a particular focus on dreaming and talking about what God is building here, what Jesus is building here at Toronto City Church. And so just to recap and, and just lay some foundation for those maybe who weren't with us last week as we really kicked into gear. Number one, every week we're going to be talking about legacy. We're going to be talking about uh, just what God is building and talking about thinking generationally as a church family. Number two, on Saturday, May 29th, and so that's actually going to be this coming Saturday, we are having a special Zoom gathering for all members of Toronto State Church or people who just, you feel called to this church. Maybe you're not formally a member, but you feel called, this is your family. So we're going to be doing a Zoom gathering that I want to invite you to, where we're going to be talking about, again, an update on where we are, uh, a, a vision for where we're going, an opportunity to ask questions and to talk about things. Please go online and sign I would love to see you there. We're going to talk vision. We're going to talk shop and, and dive into where God's taking us as a church family. And so we're doing that. And then, of course, we're going to have our legacy offering on Sunday, June the 6th. So that's two weeks from today. And really, I want to encourage you. I know there's a lot going on right now. We don't want anyone to feel like undue pressure about it, but we also want us to be in faith. And again, simply hearing what God's saying and obeying. And that every one of us, you know, Pastor Sharon and I are praying and talking about and sowing and investing to what God's doing. And again, our focus for legacy this year, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about it this coming Saturday, but we're also putting some paperwork out and some, some details out with you. But number one, it's establishing a Joseph fund, which is just saving some extra money to help us continue to navigate the season. And then number two, it is for us to really uh, to be focused on uh, updating the sound and the lights and getting ready for as things start to open back up to welcome everyone back in, but also for uh, live streaming and really being able to go to the next level of, of, of uh, ministering on the internet and ministering online and, and creating great content that's going to minister to people. So we're really excited about this. We're, we're prayerful about it. And we really encourage you again, just pray and obey whatever God tells you to do, and we're going to invest in that together, and so that's going to be in two weeks. But let's continue just to dive into talking about legacy. Let me pray again, because I want to just commit this talk and this time to the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity we have to talk about legacy. Father, I pray that each one of us, Lord, will, again, not just hear today what I'm saying, but will really hear the Spirit in what's being said. And that we'll hear what you are speaking to us about legacy and about building and about all that you're doing. And so we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with me, said, man, come on, somebody, wherever you are right now, just say legacy. Legacy. God is building legacy. And so if you remember, we started off to lay a foundation for legacy. And we talked about legacy being about generations. Right? Legacy is what you build or what you impart to the next generation. And so if we're going to be a legacy people, we need to be a generational people. And we talked about thinking, believing, praying, giving, and building generationally. 
The foundational scriptures that we work from was Matthew 16, 18. It, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus promised that's as true today as it was when he spoke it right then, was I'm going to build my church. And guys, hear this, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know, one of the dangers we've got to watch right now is we look at the shaking in the world around us, as we look at the rise of um, you know, persecution, just all the stuff that's going on. Is, is it can be very easy to get fear-based in our perspective and to get fear-based in our approach. But again, we've got to go back to what Jesus said. He said, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build you. I'm going to build Toronto City Church. I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. Right? The gates of hell may try, but they're not going to prevail. We always can have a victorious mindset and we can always be in a spirit of faith. Why? Because Jesus is building his church. And no matter what the enemy tries, the gates of hell are not going to prevail against his church. Come on, somebody say Jesus is building his church. Jeremiah 17, 7, 8 tells us some more, I believe, prophetically of what this church is like that he's building. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots to the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves remain green. It is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Guys, I believe God is saying to us, he's saying, listen, I'm building you. Toronto City Church, I'm building my church. I am building you. And even in the year of drought, you don't have to be anxious. Anxious. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to worry or carry concern. Why? Because you're still going to bear fruit. Even when the heat comes, your leaves are going to remain green. That is his promise and that his word to us. This is the church that he's building. It's a resilient church. It's a strong church. It's a praying church. It's a church that rejoices even when it goes through trials and tribulations, knowing this, that the testing of our faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must have her perfect work, so that we may be mature and complete, lacking nothing, right? That's James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. That is the church that he is building. And so let's put our, let's have greater faith in Jesus' ability to build his church, that the gates of hell will not prevail against it, than the faith we would have in the enemy's ability to steal, kill, and destroy. Let's put our faith in him. And then the third verse, and I won't go as long, but you remember we were talking about Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, and envoys from Babylon had come. And they had come, and he'd shown them his entire, all his storehouses and everything. So then Isaiah came to him. Isaiah said, hey, who were those guys who came? their envoys from Babylon. And then Isaiah said this, 2 Kings 20, 16 to 19. Then Isaiah had said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and all that which your fathers have stored up till this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And some of your own sons who will come from you, whom you will father, shall be taken away and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, the word of the Lord that you have spoken is good. For he thought, why not, if there will be peace and security in my days? And so again, I'm not going to re-preach that entire passage, but it just moves me as much when I'm reading it now as it did last week when I was reading it then. That we would not have this heart of Hezekiah, right? Where we choose peace and security for us over praying, sacrificing for, building for, laying down our lives for the generations that are to come. Right again, it just, it strikes me so much even as I read this. Hezekiah did not say to Isaiah, what can we do to change this? He did not call a fast. He did not pray and seek the Lord. He just said, well, okay, well, at least I'm going to be comfortable. At least I'm going to be safe. God has not called us to be safe. 
God has called us to advance his kingdom. God has called us to sacrifice. God has called us, guys, even in times to suffer for his kingdom if need be. He's not called us to be safe. But see, when we choose safety because we're afraid of suffering, we end up sacrificing the next generation. Can I say that again? When we choose safety because we're afraid of suffering, we end up sacrificing the next generation. May that not be so with us. May that not be so with Toronto City Church. We will not choose safety because we're afraid of suffering. But we are going to be those who build for the generations that are to come. See, so often when we see what God is asking of us, we, we, we think ourselves, right? Here, here's what I want us to get. Like, it's, it, it's part of what I would love over this block of time is for every one of us to shift and to move forward in generational thinking. Like thinking legacy. Like this is not just a nice little series so we can do an offering, guys. This is something that God is building and forging in us. And it's a heart to say, okay, we want to think legacy. We want to think generationally, right? God doesn't just want to talk to us about our lives. He wants to talk to us about laying the foundations for the generations that are to come. He wants to talk to us about our children and our children's children. Right? He wants to, a good man lays up an inheritance for his children's children. Right? Like that's the way God wants us to think. And I think there's, there's this, we've gotten so used to, we just think about us. Let us not just think about us, but let us think about generations. Right? I love this quote, one of my favorite quotes from Andy Stanley. He said this, he said, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. Right? Let me say that again. Your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. Come on, somebody where I right now say legacy, right? That's what legacy is all about. We often still think about what I'm going to do. What if it's someone we raise? What if it's a generation that we raise up and we, we, we sacrifice and we suffer if we need to, but we do it to create a place for them to flourish and to go further than we ever could have imagined, Right? And then they do the same thing for the generation that is to come. God is calling us to think generationally. Now, before we jump in today, because I want to talk to you about digging wells. I want to talk to you about digging wells for the generations. But I know there's something that probably has popped up in some of your minds. And even for some of you, maybe it's, it's kind of just there in the background. And it really has to do with our eschatology. Now, what I mean by eschatology is our end times. And invariably, this is what's going to come up for people. We start talking about building for generations. Children show, well, well, if Jesus comes back before then, right? Well, well, we're in the last generation. Jesus is coming back. So it really doesn't matter, right? And, and most of us would never come out and say that, but there is this, there's this perspective that can come in where we just almost subconsciously think, well, Jesus is coming back soon anyway, so it doesn't matter. Guys, I want to encourage us to break out of that line of thinking. Now, you might look at me and say, well, are you saying Jesus is not coming back soon? No, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying the Bible says no man knows the day or the hour. That's what the Bible says. Now, is there some signs in our times that we go, man, Jesus can be returning soon? Sure. But guys, let me just backtrack a little bit. In the generation in the 40s and the 50s, there was a lot of people that believed Jesus was coming back soon. They'd just come through the Second World War. Communism was rising. There was threat of nuclear warfare. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on in the world. And there were people in that time that said, well, Jesus is coming back soon, so we don't have to think generationally. Well, guess what? We're still here. 
And then if you go into the 70s and the Jesus people movement, there was a very strong eschatology move, Jesus has come back. And there were literally were young people that were told, don't save for the future, don't save houses, Jesus is coming back soon, you're not going to be here very long, just go save souls. Well, guess what? We're still here. And so I'm not saying this in any bit to take away from the biblical teaching of urgently expecting the return of the Lord. But here's how I've realized we have to build. We need to live as if Jesus is coming back today. And we need to build as if he's not coming back for 100 years. That is the best way to approach things. Because the Bible again says no man knows the day or the hour. Right? And some people say, well, we can know the season. Yeah, we can know the season. But what does it hurt if we are expectant for his return, but we're still building for generations? Right? What if, if, some, what if there were believers in that 40s and 50s generation who, who built? And, and thankfully, there were those who did. What about in the 70s, those who built for generations, even though they were really, they had genuine belief that Jesus may be returning soon. Let's just live as if Jesus is coming back today, but let's build for generations. Amen? Come on, so here we are. Say it right now. Say, I'm going to live as if Jesus is coming back today. But then say, I'm going to build for generations. This is the, the, I'll call it the right path for us forward with all the truths being brought together. Who is willing to invest to pray, to sacrifice, to give, to serve, to do whatever we need to do right now so the generation, the next generation, could go to a whole new level. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about digging some wells and building some wells in the Spirit. So I want you to go with me to Genesis 26, 17 to 25. So again, we're going to read for a little bit here. It's, this is an account of Isaac. It says, So Isaac departed from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. And Isaac dug up wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham his father, which the Philistines had stopped up after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the names that his father had given them. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a spring, of, a spring water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, This water is ours. So he called the name of the well Esach, because they had contended with him. And then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that also, so they called its name Sitna. And he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he called it Rehoboth, saying, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. Catch that. The Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. From there he went to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him the same night, saying, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Fear not, for I am with you, and will bless you and multiply your offspring for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there, and he called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent and there Isaac's servants dug a well. Now what are we talking here? What does this have to do with legacy? What does this have to do with generational thing? Well first I want to start with this picture of digging a well. Why was this so significant? Well in Isaac's time, in this time of history, I mean even now, water is absolutely vital for life. You cannot go very long and survive without water. I mean, maybe scientists would say about three days. You can go about three days without water. You can't grow crops without water. You can't grow food without water. Water is absolutely vital to life. And so obviously today we can go into a building, we can turn on the tap, we can get water. I mean, there's so much water that is available to us. But in the biblical times, especially in this context with Isaac, in the arid, hot, desert-like regions that where they were in, if you didn't have water, you died. And water was not just everywhere. It was not readily available. You had to go and find it. And you would have to dig a well. And again, they didn't have the equipment like we have today. 
Like, I'm thankful around here at Toronto City Church, particularly Pastor Jair. Pastor Jair is a ninja, and just about any job we need to do, he knows how to do it. So if we had to dig a well, I'd be calling Pastor Jair. And I'd be saying, okay, what do we need to do to dig a well? He'd say, well, we need to do this. We need to get this equipment. Let's go do this. And then Pastor Jair would take care of digging that well, because that's just what Pastor Jair does. But see, in these days, they didn't have all that. You got a shovel, and you had to literally dig by hand a well. Getting a well was hard work. It was not easy at all. It was very difficult. It was backbreaking work. You, you could dig into areas and not find water. It's like you have to try here and you had to try there. So finding a well was very difficult. And when you found a well, it was like liquid gold because you literally needed the water to survive. You had to have that water to survive. But once you dug the well, right? Once you put in the time and the effort, you, you put in that backbreaking work, you looked all over, maybe you had some false starts, but you found the well. Once you found that well, your family benefited. And not only that, as long as you were staying at that well, your generation benefited. Notice it was Isaac going back to Ab- uh, wells that his father Abraham had dug. And so watch this, when you will put the time and the effort and the, the contending to dig a well, it is a well not just for you, but it's a well for your family, and it is a well for generations. Guys, how does this tie in? God is calling us, even as we talk about legacy, as we talk about thinking generationally, God is calling us to dig wells in the Spirit. God is calling us to dig wells that are only going to bring water of life for us, but they're going to be water for our families, they're going to be water for our community, and they are going to be water for generations. Because if I have dug a well, the next generation doesn't have to dig that well. The next generation can receive from that well. They can use the life they receive from that well to build and to move even farther. And so in the same the biblical picture here where we are talking about generations and we're talking about legacy. We are talking about wells that we are digging for the generation. We are talking about wells where, yes, it's challenging, it's hard work, it can be difficult. All these things come together. But once that well is dug, that well blesses generations. What wells are we digging for the generations? What wells are we investing? And here's what I want you to see over this as well. Guys, there is always warfare over wells. There is always going to be warfare over the wells because the enemy does not want us to get wells in the spirit established. He does not want us to get wells established because when a well is established, it becomes something for families and for generations. For generations. And so the enemy doesn't want us to dig a well and maintain because when it happens, many people are blessed and generations are blessed. And then effort goes. Because watch out, when you have to dig a well, you don't have time to build and to do other things. Right? You take the time to dig the well. Right? If you're setting a new campsite, the first thing you need to find is water. So immediately that becomes priority number. But once water is established, once the well is dug, now you can begin to focus on other things. And God's purpose and plan would be for church families to rise up where one generation would dig certain wells that the next generation would be able to benefit from. And next next generation would be able to go further and farther and higher than the first generation. Why? Because they're building what they did. And then they dig even more wells and that enables even more generations to move forward. That is God's intention, the God's plan. But if we're only thinking about ourselves, if we're having a hesitation, Hezekiah mindset where it's just about my peace and my comfort, we're not truly building for the generation. So God is calling us to dig wells for the generations, but we need to remember there's always warfare over wells. That's why we cannot back down from warfare. We cannot back down from contending. We cannot back down from challenges because generations are at stake. Remember again, that phrase just lit inside my spirit. 
as I mentioned to you earlier, if we choose safety because we're afraid of suffering, we sacrifice the next generation. Right? If we, wells, there's some suffering around building wells sometimes. There's some challenges. There's definitely sacrifice around building wells sometimes, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. So in my last section here, let me just talk for you a few moments about some of the wells we want to dig here at Toronto City Church. Let's talk about some of the wells that we feel like God has put in our heart and He's calling us to dig because this is the legacy that we're leaving together. This is what we're partnering with Jesus as He's building His church. So the first well, everyone say well number one. Well number one, the first well is a well of encounter. God wants us to dig or to construct a well of encounter here at Toronto City Church. And hear me when I say this. I'm not talking just about at the physical location. I'm talking about us as a community of people together that becomes realities that we share in together. But a well of encounter. Come on, everyone say encounter. Daniel 11.32 says this, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. God has called us to be strong. God has called us to do great exploits, to do great things for Him, but it's the people who know their God. If you study that word, know from the Scriptures, and the New Testament comes from the Greek word, gnosko, but it carries a, 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 a tense of an intimate working knowledge. It's not just knowing about, it's not just being aware of, but it's actually having real intimacy. It's actually having real closeness and experience knowledge. And we could go on, I could go on a whole series here talking about the power of knowing God. But guys, we've got to build a well. We've got to build a legacy where the next generation encounter God and they meet God and they know God. That it's not just about religion. It's not just about routine. That it's not just about a developing a Christian worldview, but it is actually a place where they meet with God, where their life is marked by the presence of God. This is what we are contending for. This is the legacy that we're building. Wells of encounter that we would see generations raised up who know their God, who are strong and who carry out great exploits. Come on, somebody say a well of encounter. That's why we, I, oh man, I'm so looking forward to getting back together in corporate worship. Man, let's just blow the roof off of the place. I'm so looking forward to getting back into corporate prayer in person. Like I'm thankful for the calls and all the different prayer things we're doing, but I'm so looking forward to it because there's just something about the place of corporate encounter. Why we're called to be a house of prayer. Why we're called to move all these things in because we're a place of encounter. So number one, it's a well of encounter. Number two though, not do we want to dig a well of encounter, but we also want to dig a well of truth. Come on, somebody say a well of truth. John 4.24 says this. It says, God is a spirit, and those who worship him, or who relate to him, who interact with him, worship was so much more than just singing a song. It's literally talking about your relationship with him. So we could say those who want to relate to him must do so in spirit and in truth. So the first well is a well of encounter, and that is very much about the Holy Spirit. And that's about the Holy Spirit being real to us, the Holy Spirit touching us, the gifts of the Spirit, signs, wonders, miracles, the tangible presence of God, the glory of God. Just as we talked about a couple weeks ago in that word from Brother Hagin, where the glory of God was literally going to rest on buildings and rest on people and manifest in physical ways, the fire of God that people see. So yes, we need the Spirit, but they also, it's in spirit and in truth. We need the Spirit, we also need truth or the Word of God. We need both. And guys, I don't think I need to tell you right now, but right now we are in a climate, we're in a society where there is an all-out assault on biblical truth. 
There is an all-out assault on even basic tenets of who God says we are, what God says we're about, uh, Christian teaching, biblical teaching, biblical foundations. I, mean, I don't even need to go into details. We all know what's going on. There is an all-out assault, and it is especially coming after the next generation. It is coming after the generation, coming after our, our next generation with a vengeance on every level, in movies, in films, in, in, on every, on social media, on commercials, in, in all this stuff. There is an assault that is coming. Now, I'm not here to cry or to moan or complain about that. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have challenges. Me, it just means, okay, we're in a good place to be light. We're in a good place. If light is always retreating from the darkness, how are people going to be brought out of darkness into light? So God's, Jesus is building his church, guys. We don't need to be in a fear-based mentality. The gates of hell are not going to prevail against what he's built. But again, we need to partner with him. And so it's going to be in spirit, a place of real encounter, but also a place of truth, right? You know, the, guys, this is not just going to keep happening. There is going to be an increase of it. But here's the promise of God. I actually don't have this verse reference, but it says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Every time the enemy tries to come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord raises a standard. And in this day and age, even as there is, seems to be a flood of an attack against truth, the Spirit of the Lord will always raise the standard. And He is raising the standard of truth. And we want to partner with Jesus in this. We want to partner in to know what we believe, why we believe, empowering the next generation to be bold and confident in their faith. Because watch this too, but here's what's very important. It comes out of a place of encounter and truth. It's not just about filling our heads with good Christian teaching or doctrines. The foundation becomes, I know God because I've experienced God. I know God because he set me free. I know God. Someone's trying to tell me that Jesus isn't real, but I just saw someone get out of a wheelchair on Sunday. I just saw someone who was sick of cancer get healed. I've seen God move. You can't tell me God isn't real, and you can't tell me that, that the Bible isn't true because I've seen it. But still in the middle of that, I've got my experience, but I also have studied to show myself approved and I'm equipped as someone who knows how to discern and knows how to stand for truth. This is what God is calling us to build. God is calling us to build resources and strategies and systems to strengthen and to, to, to armor the generations that come up in truth and who he is. Right, guys, listen, Jesus is building his church. The gates will not prevail against it. We are partnering with him. And so I want to invite you, actually, in light of that, I want to invite you just, uh, it's in the announcements as well, but I'm doing a webinar this coming Tuesday. And we're going to be talking about deconstruction. Now, maybe you're not familiar with what the term deconstruction is, but it's kind of become the popular term today for people who are walking away from their faith. And we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit, because there's been some high-profile cases, now, to be honest with you, the media is not reporting all the people who are coming to Jesus. They're reporting the people who are walking away. And there's some, there's some agendas behind that. So you've got to understand, there's more for us than are against us. There's so many people coming to Jesus right now. If you go around the world, the kingdom's on the move. But still, this is a very real thing, that there's people who are walking away from their faith. And there's some very particular... So I, we're going to dig into this a little bit in this webinar. And we're going to talk about what does this look like? How do we guard against it? How do we guard the next generation against that? And so, but we want to do these kinds of things because we're building a well of truth. Come on, somebody say a well of truth, right? So we're building a well of encounter because we need to encounter God. But we're also building a well of truth. So we're going to have that shield of faith, that sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Right? Our feet are shot at the preparation of the gospel of peace, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. 
right? The belt of truth, the foundation, the the armor started with truth. And so we're going to be a well of truth. But number three, we are also going to be a well of purpose. Come on, somebody say a well of purpose. Again, these are the wells. And remember, wells are hard to dig. Wells are challenging. There's warfare around wells. So, So there's warfare over encounter. But we're going to push through. There's warfare over church, but you know, we're going to push through. Why? Because we're not going to be afraid of suffering and sacrifice the next generation. It's worth it. It's worth it. If we get persecuted, it's worth it. If we get canceled, it's worth it. If we get attacked, it's worth it because we've got to do it for the next generation. We cannot just take the road of peace and comfort so it's easy for us and hang the next generation out to dry. So we're building wells of encounter. We're building a well of truth. We're building, number three, a well of purpose. You guys know I talk about this a lot, but I'm excited just to mention it again. Acts 13, 36, for David, after he'd served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. Oh, there's so much to go to. We're talking about legacy. You serve the purpose of God in your generation, and part of that is passing the baton to the next generation so they can run even further and even faster, and you can move forward, but we are a place of purpose. We are a place, especially for generations, where the kids that grow up in this church, the new believers that come as spiritual babies into the kingdom, they are told right from the start, you've got purpose from God. They are told right from the beginning, God's got a plan for your life. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. You are not just some cosmic coincidence that just happened to show up here and you need to just live for pleasure or live for yourself. That life is meaningless and pointless. No, we say God's got a purpose for you. God created you with purpose. God gave you gifts. God gave you ability. And in the name of Jesus, you are going to walk out the purpose of God in your generation. There's a generation that rises up and purpose is second nature to them. Why? Because there was a generation before them that dug the well of purpose. The generation before them that contended with whatever contended with to build this place of purpose. See, every person has purpose, guys, but they need someone to tell them they have purpose. They need someone to pray into their purpose. They need someone to prophesy into their purpose. They need someone to fund and to finance their purpose. They need someone to come alongside them and encourage them to persevere in their purpose and say, yeah, I know it's hard right now, but listen, this is something that happened in my life because I contended for this and God brought me through and God will bring you through. Where will be the people who will dig this well of purpose and we take the next generation and we look them in the eyes and we say to them, there's purpose over your life. I believe in you. Jesus believes in you. You can do this. I'm going to back you up. I'm going to pray for you. We're prophesying over you. We're going to create systems and structures as best we can around you to help you live out your purpose. Will we be a church that builds these wells of purpose? Come on, somebody say purpose. So we're building wells of encounter truth, a well of purpose. Two more things, really quick, I'm almost done. Number four, we're building a well of creativity. A well of creativity. In Exodus 31, I'm not going to turn you there right now, but it talks about the craftsmen. One in particular is the tree craftsmen, but it talks about craftsmen or artisans, artists who were filled with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and craftsmanship. Guys, we are coming into a time where the darkness is getting darker, but Jesus is building his church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. The devil already lost. He doesn't have a chance. We read the end of the book. But in the middle of the darkness, the glory of God is going to shine brighter than ever before. We are coming into the times of incredible things that God's going to do. 
It's going to blow our minds. We are going to see things in the next 10 years that we've never seen before in our lives, and it's going to be the glory and the power of God. And one of the things that I believe he's done, I'm getting a little prophetic in this right now, is there's going to be healings, wonders, so much more, physical signs of what God's going to do. But there's going to be an anointing of creativity that is released on his church. There's going to be an anointing of creativity that is released on those who are called and who are open, where the Lord is going to fill us with a supernatural ability, intelligence, knowledge, and all craftsmanship. There is an anointing for creativity. But here's part of the call on Toronto City Church. We need to create an incubator for this creativity because much of this creativity is going to be raised up in the next generation. Now, don't get too upset. I know some of you are like, wait a minute, I'm creative. I want to I wanna be in the mix with this. You will be in the mix with it too, but there's something we got to contend for. There's some things that we need to contend for because I believe that out of this church, God wants to release video, film, music, arts, anything you can think of, God wants to release it. I mean, guys, come on. What if we, as we continue to build gear and our structures and we have studios and then we start to raise up and also we can raise up young men and young women and, and raise up teams to oh you've got this vision for a show yeah okay let's get behind that here's what we're gonna okay you got a vision for music well hey we got a studio right here we've got people who know what to do let's get behind that oh you've got art and you got stuff you want to create okay let's get behind that right we take the next generation we say listen god wants to use all your gifts and whatever it is uh business incubators okay you got a business idea let's get behind you and and let's 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 create an environment so you can flourish and you can succeed these are the kind of things that i believe god wants to lead us into there is an anointing of creativity but who is going to dig the well now right who who's gonna i can, can i can i can i get on my soapbox for a second who's gonna sow into legacy offering so we can get the right system and we can get the right light so we can take the next level to do this Right, because sometimes we want to get excited and preach about it, but it takes gear, it takes it takes lights, it takes cameras, it takes a studio space. These are things that we sow into, but we've got to understand it has a legacy impact. Come on, somebody say legacy. Come on, somebody say creativity. One of the one of the hallmarks of the legacy that God is calling Toronto City Church is one of creativity, and there is so much. Even in you know some of these kids that are running around the church right now. You don't even know what God's going to do through their lives. But part of what it's going to happen is because we sacrificed and we prayed and we said, we're getting behind you. It wasn't so much about God, what are you going to do through me? It's God, let, let me serve generations. Right? I, I just laughed thinking of these kids running around. I remember one Sunday we pulled up the church. This was several years back. And we kind of came to the back parking lot. This is when we were still meeting. So looking forward to when we get back to meeting. But, uh, we pulled in and Pastor Jerry and Pastor Norma's car wasn't there. My daughter looked at me and said, where's Jair? Because she knew that was his spot. I said, oh, well, they're, they're away on a trip today, honey. And she got this really concerned look on her face. And she said, dad, well, who's going to tell us not to run around church? <laughs> you know, she just, Pastor Jair was there. Pastor Jair had things like that. But, who's, but you know, but it's interesting in that. It's just a funny story that comes by, but it's that legacy. Those kids that are running around church. What could God do through life? Remember I said to Andy Stanley, the most significant impact we have for the kingdom of God may not be something we do, but it may be someone we raise. Who will have faith for this next generation? So just as we bring this to a close, well of encounter, a well of truth, a well of purpose, a well of creativity. And the last one, it's just really practically, is, is when they would dig a well, 
right? They dig, and then they build structure on that well to preserve it. And so if we're going to dig wells, we, got to, we actually got to just build well. We gotta, we've got to build. And so there's an element where everything I'm talking about in the spirit, but then there's also physical structures and physical systems that get built around that to cultivate it. Right? And, and I don't want to take away from that. There, there's something in the spirit about owning land. There's something in the spirit about having facilities and having structures that enable you to do what you need to do. Guys, even in the days that are coming, if, if there's some elements of persecution that increase, it, it might not be that easy for Christians just to rent somewhere or to do this or do that. What if, what if God gives us space and we're like, we're going to do what God tells us to do because this is our space. And then we can say to other churches, hey, you, you, you got something to produce? Come and use our studios. Well, this is a kingdom studio. This is for Jesus' church. This is not just for us. But see, there's something about building and owning and investing. Guys, we're, we're blessed today. Right now, I am, I'm in a structure. Uh, obviously, coming over camera, see, all of this is here because people gave. All this is here because people had vision. I mean, all this is here because, you know, in the early 90s, when when, when TCC at that point was Covenant Christian Church and they had a, a deadline of just a couple weeks to bring finances together to get the building that God called them. People literally emptied their RSPs. People gave sacrificially. It was a miracle offering. And obviously in that moment, but they didn't understand that that building once paid off, laid the foundation for the building that we're in now. Their sacrifice was not just for that moment. We're actually benefiting. Some of you watching right now, you gave in that. You sacrificed in that. So many years ago it established for the generations do you see what i'm saying there's an element of where we just got to keep advancing we got to keep and we're going to get this mortgage paid off in this building we're going to be debt free and then we're going to build phase three debt free and we're going to do all these other things that god's called us to but it's not just so we can pop our collar pop our chest tell people how great of a church we are look all this no we're building for generations and so today we are benefiting of 33 years of people having a legacy mindset will we take that baton and will we say in, in our giving, in our prayers, in our serving, listen, it's not just about getting something done now, but I'm building for future generations to come. There is a generation that needs to hear the works of God. There is a generation that we do not yet know that is going to walk in the things of God. Again, remember the greatest impact we have. What if the greatest impact here at Toronto City Church is not something we do, but it's a generation we raise? Amen. Amen. Come on, if you're with me today, just say amen. Will we take that baton? Will we pick up that torch for the next generation? Will we dig the wells that God is calling us to dig? I mean, I just talked about a few today. There's so much more nuance. There's so much more we could go into. There's so many other wells, but those are just four things that I wanted to cast vision for us today, get excited about what God is building, what God's doing. So really simple, we're going to pray. But someone say, okay, well, how do we dig these wells? Three things, really simple. I'm not even going to teach them. I'm just giving to you. You pray it, you live it, and you give to it. That's how you dig wells. You pray into what God's doing. Not do you pray, but you live it out yourself. Your life, your sacrifice, your service is digging a well in the Spirit. But then you also give into it. And together, we give and we sow into what God is building. That's what it's all about. So let's do this. If you could jump, let's pray today. Let's just ask God. Let's ask God for just the continued work of the Holy Spirit during this time and that we would truly be able to dig the wells that he is calling us to dig. There's warfare over wells, but we are not going to choose safety over suffering and thus sacrifice the next generation. Amen. So Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you today. 
I thank you, Lord, just for this opportunity we've had, this picture from the scriptures of digging wells. You know this warfare over wells. God, we know it's so key, it's so important. And God, you are moving and you are working. So we just ask today in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, do a work in each one of our hearts regarding legacy. Do a work in each one of our hearts that we would be builders and not just attenders. Help us to see with eyes of faith and help us to see the, the foundation we're laying, not just for what you're doing right now, but for generations that are to come. Help us to have that kingdom, legacy, generational mindset in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray you speak to us. Even when we're talking about this upcoming offering, God, just, again, no, no pressure manipulation, just Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts and speaking to us about our heart. God, this week, is, especially with this legacy night, that again, will just even more encourage us regarding legacy and there'll be such a vision of what you want to build. And so Lord, we love you so much and we thank you for this today in Jesus' name. And everyone agree with me, said, amen. All right, before we go, before we get out of here, I got one last thing I want to ask. Is there anyone watching today who's not right with God? Because I want you to be right with God today. The Bible teaches us that God loves us with an everlasting love, but we've been separated from that love because of sin. Because of sin, we deserve judgment. We deserve eternal punishment. And I'm not just pointing the finger at you. I'm talking about me as well. We all deserved it. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. Jesus came, he died, and he rose again. He said, if you put your faith and trust in me, I'll forgive you of your sins. The punishment that you should receive, I'll take on myself. And you, instead of having eternal punishment, will now have eternal life. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The free gift of God. And so this is the gift he has for you today. Will you take it? Will you, will you receive that? And if you're listening to me, you know you need to give your life to Christ and give back. Why don't you just pray this with me right now? Say, Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you came for me. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you rose again. Today I turn my back on sin. I commit my life to you. Forgive me. Free me. Fill me. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, awesome. Well, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to know you are now moved into a place by faith of being right with God. I know maybe it sounds too simple, but the Bible says all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, it's not the end. This is the beginning because there's a journey. We would love to help you. We'd love to get you a Bible. We would love to pray with you and just encourage you in your walk, wherever you are around the world. If you could just click on the button, let us know Reach out. Let us know you made a commitment to Christ. We want to just get behind you and support you as best we can as a church family. But we love you. God bless you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. It's just been great to be together. Remember, this coming week, we are going to have the Legacy Night on Saturday evening. And also, I'm doing that webinar on deconstruction on Tuesday night. You can sign up online. But without any further ado, God bless you. Have a great Sunday.